This is Steven. And this is Tracy. And this is the Just the Two of Us podcast. following platforms apple podcast google play spotify tune in stitcher soundcloud and podbean just search just the two of us podcast follow us on social media on facebook just the two of us podcast or on twitter we can be found at jttou podcast or follow us individually. You can find Steven at Nipsey, N-I-P-S-E-Y, or follow Tracy at Trayrific, T-R-A-Y-R-I-F-I-C. Hey, welcome back, everybody. How's it going, Steven? Things are going great, Tracy. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I ask that as if like I don't see you every single day. <laughs> exactly. We see each other every single day. <laughs> All day. <laughs> don't, don't sound so insincere when you say that. Like, I'm very sincere. <laughs> like, yeah, I see you every single day. <laughs> For real. Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? A lot's going on mm-hmm. in the world of television. Oh, yeah. I, I mean... 2022 was a big year of television, yes. especially for us because we haven't really gone anywhere and we watch a lot of TV. <laughs> right, yes. And I'm sure the same applies to those people listening out there. So we decided that we are going to help you guys like sift through all the television options and help you find what is the best television of 2022 mm-hmm. with this one caveat. It's the best television of 2022 that... Tracy and I have both watched. Right. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about shows we haven't watched. And right. we're not going to talk about shows that I've watched, but Tracy didn't watch. Right. It's going to be shows that we both sat here on this couch and watched. And we're going to give you guys a, a rundown of the of our top 10 favorite shows. Yes. As well as what we think are the best characters of, you know, of television. The best right. line, the best scene. Just, yes. just various bests of television <laughs> in 2022. Yes. So get ready. It's going to be a long one probably. So get a drink, get a snack, and get ready to listen. Yeah, but it's going to be good. You're going to like gonna it. It's going to be great. You're going you're gonna to enjoy it. Especially if you haven't watched a lot of TV this year. Maybe you were one of the people who got out and about. <laughs> you're like, screw this right. panini. <laughs> I'm going panini. out. <laughs> <laughs> get this Panera. <laughs> I'm going out and living my life. Right, exactly. So if you're ready to... You know, spend the rest of your days off from for the holidays and you're ready to like hunker down and watch some good TV, but you don't know what to watch. This is it. Yeah, this, this is, this is your opportunity to, mm-hmm. to maybe find something new. If you guys know us and follow us, you, you guys might have an idea of the type of shows that we watch mm-hmm. and like. So, right. you know, there, I don't think there's anything on this list that would be a surprise to you. But, you know, maybe us talking about it might give you a, 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 an opportunity for a second look. You weren't probably thinking about watching that show. So, you know right. what? I'm going to watch it because I trust Stephen and Tracy. Yes. And their opinions on such important matters like which television show to watch. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. And if you've been somebody who's been watching a lot of TV like us, then, you know, maybe your favorite is on this list as well. Yeah. 
Sounds good. Well, let's get started with our number 10 show. Number 10. That, you know, our our favorite show. Um, but let me, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you guys kind of like how we came up with this top 10 list. Pretty much, mm. Tracy and I just gave letter grades to each of our uh, to shows that we watch, mm-hmm. our respective letter grades, and we took the average between the two of them, mm-hmm. and we just you know, converted that into a point system to determine which ones were the best shows for the both of us. So yep. it's a pretty uh, simple math calculation. So uh, with that being said, let's start off with number 10 on our list. Yep. Uh, the number 10 show, according to us, for 2022 is Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. An MCU show on uh, Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case you didn't know, uh, Ms. Marvel is about a, a young teenage uh, girl named Kamala. Uh, or is it Kamala? Which was it? Kamala. It was Kamala. Yeah, because I'm getting her confused with the VP. Yeah. Kamala. Kamala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ka- uh, Kamala is a Captain Marvel super fan with an imagination. She feels like she doesn't fit in at school and sometimes even at home. That is, until she gets superpowers like the heroes that she looks up to. And now she can help save the world and her friends, family, and community. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think about Ms. Marvel? What did I think? I thought it was a really different type of show um, for the MCU. Um, if you are a fan of the MCU, you watch all the movies and whatnot, then you know that it's this was kind of unique. This was more uh, definitely very playful. It was obviously very young because you know we're um, the the main character is a teenager, so right, and she's got teenage friends, and so it's a very young show um, to the point where you know I can see if people weren't really into it after watching you know an episode or two, but. Um, that said, it's still a really fun show, um, and it's Marvel, so you know it's well made. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a great storyline to it. Um, it's it's not perfect by any means, but you know, it was it was entertaining. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I, I liked Ms. Marvel. Um, it was more of a definitely a young adult mm-hmm. like MCU film or right. show. So, like I said, it's very inventive uh, with like the way. Uh, the show was structured with a lot of the, mm-hmm. you know, on-screen effects and, and text and things yeah, like, like that. Text messages. So it kind of played into mm-hmm. uh, her character being, like, very imaginative. And right. she's always drawing things and come up with mm-hmm. things. Very creative. So mm-hmm. it was very creative, different look. And I, and I, and I liked it. I, I liked how this is just uh, evidence of, like, how Disney's approach to the MCU is, especially when it comes to the streaming shows, where they're they're making them different something for everyone right you know it's like this is like I said, this is more of a young adult show and mm-hmm. you know it's it's a different kind of show than than wandavision which is very crazy right. and loopy and and kind of you know you know kitschy and campy in places versus something like loki versus mm-hmm. falcon and winter soldier versus hawkeye and moon Knight. like they're all very different shows mm-hmm. and right. you know, i really like that about ms marvel it was you know it was cute i mean she yeah, was, was like to borrow something uh, from the marketing tagline for the show new girl she was uh adorkable, adorkable. <laughs> she's yeah. so for me so i mean i would say that you know for us that was like the 10th best show of uh mm-hmm. of the year in 2022 um, moving on to number yes. nine, the number nine show, 
uh, for us is The Righteous Gemstones, which you could find on HBO Max for now. Who knows the way HBO Max is going. <laughs> uh, the Righteous Gemstones is a, a Danny McBride show about a family of televangelists and mega church pastors <laughs> uh, who are led by the patriarch Eli Gemstone. And this is the second season of, of The Righteous Gemstones that we watched. Mm-hmm. And in this season, uh, Jesse, who plays Eli's, uh, who is Eli's son and his wife, uh, partner with a Texas mega church leader as Lyle and Lindy to develop a Christian timeshare resort. And, and Lyle is played by Eric Andre. And meanwhile, the family, the Gemstone family faces threats from like an investigative journalist and then a junior who is an old friend of Eli from when Eli was less holy, <laughs> less pious <laughs> yeah. in his criminal past, and also a, a mysterious group of motorcycle riding assassins. <laughs> and now that sounds like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. And that's why I love the show. Like, The Righteous Gym Souls is so absurdly funny. Like, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's Danny McBride. And if you watch any of his previous shows, you kind of got a feel for the tone of what this show is like. Yeah. And, it's just got a bunch of zany characters and it's really, it's like some, you know, some things seem like they're not funny on paper. Like a lot of it, some of the humor is kind of dry and you, you're thinking like this bit doesn't land, but then as like the bit goes on, it just gets funnier and funnier. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I'll just bring up one quick example. You know, there's one scene where the characters get into like a, a vomiting fit. You yeah, know? It, was it was like, you know, they started vomiting. I'm not going to spoil why, but they started vomiting and you're thinking, okay, this isn't funny. It's kind of disgusting. But then as it goes on, it actually gets funnier and funnier because it goes a little bit longer <laughs> so and it brings it back to like, okay, that was like hilarious and ridiculous at the same time. And that's how a lot of stuff happens with the show. It's, it's very, it takes a very funny, cynical look at like mega churches and mm-hmm. these preachers and you know but i you know it's still very funny to me and, and can be heartwarming at times um this show yeah that scene it was gross <laughs> i don't find that sort of humor funny with that said the show is not a it, it's not like a gross humor type of show like entirely um the show i think in a nutshell is you know as you said a a look at yes a cynical look um a satirical look i don't know like right how she want to say it, at at mega churches and it's the funny thing about it is that you've got this family and they're you know they're involved in this church you know the father <laughs> is the pastor of this huge church and the children they're all adult children by the way they're all you know they're probably 30s or whatever and they are like the worst human beings ever and they put on this facade that they are not you know that they're right it's all a game typical church (laughs) you know like yeah on the outside it's like oh typical church like bless you sister you know and all this kind of thing you know when they see you but they are the most foul-mouthed people ever yeah and and i don't want to give it too much away but (laughs) that's what just makes this show hilarious so it's not serious at all yeah. So, yeah. And it's not for the faint of heart. But it's not for the faint of but heart. But it was but season two was was really good. I mean it had some nice surprises, some plot twists and Yeah, it's like the story that what gets me about the show is that the story lines are 
are really, really good. Like, I mean, all the jokes and crazy stuff aside, like the storylines are actually really well done. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Um, wow, that's sad. Yeah. Let's, gonna... let's talk about what we think. Because a, a lot of these shows, there's lots of, you know, all the shows we watch, we watched a few shows that had like standout moments and standout characters. Right. And one of the things we talk about, it's like, well, of everything we've watched, and, and it's not necessarily a show that's in our top 10, but for the, for the year, what was the most random cameo mm -hmm. from, a, from a television show? Yeah. Um, I'll let you go first for what your pick is, because we each had our own picks for like best random cameo. What was the best yeah. cameo you saw in a, in a show? Like, okay, wow, that's random. And I'm taking this as cameo, like they were just in there for like momentarily, just Ex like one episode, right? Right, okay. yeah, exactly. Um, so my best cameo for the year was Sting. In only, oh, yeah. only, only murders <laughs> in the building. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I mean, when you said random, what's the best random? <laughs> that was truly random. If you if you watch Only Murders in the Building, if you don't, you should watch it. It's a fan, fabulous show uh, on Hulu, correct? Yes, yes Hulu. Hulu. Um, excellent show. At, so funny, but yeah, like Sting was on there. Um, but I, that was the first season, wasn't it? Was it the first season? Or second I think season? it was the first season. This season was different random cameos, but I didn't care for those cameos. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, he he was in the first season. My bad. So he was in the first season of the show. Where there was another cameo in season two of a. Uh, yeah, there, well, there were a couple, right? I think there were a couple. There was uh, the one off the top of my head is Amy Schumer. Right, that's what yeah. I was thinking of. But there was another one too. I think there was somebody else. I don't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head now, but I feel like it was another one. But anyway, um, yeah, that that's my my pick. Okay, uh, my pick. I had one going into this, and I'm gonna still say it, but then now I have a follow up after we had a little discussion. My most random cameo is like Charlize Theron mm. or Theron in The Boys mm. at, on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Like she played uh, the character. Like, and if you don't know about The Boys, it's, it's pretty much about superheroes uh, in this. You know, world where fictional world where superheroes have they're real life superheroes and have powers, but they're like basically most of them a holes. Just imagine if real people got superhero powers, like it wouldn't be like the Justice League or or Avengers. They wouldn't be like great nice people. Like they'll probably be like a holes. Right. And in this world, like there's one company that kind of like you know runs the market on superheroes and they and they put them on you know, television shows and movies and mm -hmm. podcasts and they make albums and they basically monetize the whole industry of being a superhero. Mm -hmm. So in season two, there was one particular superhero, Stormfront, who joined uh, the, the the team who actually ended up being like a white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> and so in season three uh, of The Boys uh, that, that aired this season, they did a, a fictional movie version of that story that, that mm. uh, of what happened with Stormfront mm -hmm. and Charlize Theron played Stormfront <laughs> in the movie, in the movie uh, adaptation of what happened <laughs> in the in the show. And it was to me it was the most random thing. I was like so random. I was like, oh my god, it's like Charlize Theron, which is even funny because then she did like a cameo in Doctor Strange Multiverse of right. Madness this year too, playing right. like a superhero. Right. But that, to me yeah, that's funny. That was like the biggest like random cameo with Charlize Theron. Mm -hmm. But my second cameo, I would say, is based on what we just talked about, the the Righteous Gemstones, mm -hmm. was Joe Jonas. It was Joe, right? Oh, right. Yes. 
Yeah, it was Joe. It, it was, was Joe. Yeah. It was Joe. Like, yeah, yeah, that he, was so random. He makes an appearance. I in forgot Rage all about that. That yeah. was really ra- I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. But, you know, not going to spoil his role or it's anything. It's a little bit more of a cameo than a yeah, typical yeah. cameo. But, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, that was random. I totally forgot about that. That was a really good one. That's right. a good one. Yeah, that, that was a good one. one. Um, right. But now, uh, with that being said, um, let's talk about what's the best... And, I'm, and I like to, I take credit and I'm very proud of this category. The best, <laughs> let me go to IMDb and figure out who this is, <laughs> person or performer of the year. So this is, yeah. uh, this is essentially someone like you saw in a show and like mm-hmm. you didn't know who they were. And yeah. I mean, I don't know if, if it was like me. Or me now. <laughs> but whenever I watch TV, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm at my phone or my computer and I'm just on IMDb looking up everyone in the show. Like, I just do that. Like, yeah, I, you look up everybody. <laughs> I've always been into that. And so this is like someone who, you know, I would say is like, oh, wow. Like, this person is like really like mm-hmm. elevating this and bringing this, uh, bringing some pop to this, this episode or whatever. Let me go look them up. Mm-hmm. Um, who was your choice for that? I have two. Okay, go ahead. Um, my first one was Dylan G uh, from Severance. Yeah, Dylan Did G. not know this actor. Zach Cherry. Uh, yeah, I didn't even look up his name. <laughs> I forgot. But yeah, like, I mean, if you watch Severance, it's a phenomenal show. He was just totally the standout character for me and had to know who this guy was. Um, my second one, it's kind of a two. Okay. A two and a All two right. and one character. Okay. It's Rhaenyra. Ah, House of Dragon, yeah, yeah, both, yeah. both the young and the older version right. of Rhaenyra. I mean, the young version, I mean, looking on the internet, everybody loved this actress. Uh, was it Millie Alcock? Yeah. Is that her? Yeah. So, yeah, everybody loved this actress. I mean, she she really bodied that role, man. Like, I had to look her up. I was like, who is this chick? And, and she hasn't really done a lot. No. So, very new, fresh face there. And then the second, yeah, the older version uh, was it Emma Darcy, um, yes. DR, or DRC. I don't something know how you say it, like, that, like yeah. something like that. Whatever but you yeah. say, you have to say it with a British accent. However you say it, uh, you don't want to hear my British. Emma Darcy. No one wants to hear your accent. But yes, both actresses are are just just killing it. Like they just killed it in this role, and yeah. So those are my picks. That's great, and. And fun fact for people who don't know, for that role of of uh, Rhaenyra mm-hmm. Targaryen, they cast the older actress first, mm-hmm. and then they went back and found the younger actress who can like, you know, be believably play mm-hmm. the younger version of that character. Right. And the casting like agent, you know, casting director, she just nailed it. Like, yeah, the, you can totally see that being the same person, even though they're completely different actresses. Uh-huh. But you can see that's like a younger version of of that particular character. I mean, it was spot on casting. Yeah. yeah. Um, my choice for the you know best, let me go to IMD and figure out who this person is, <laughs> is Patty Guggenheim. And you're like, who's Patty Guggenheim? <laughs> Look at me. What? Peggy Guggenheim Betty. is our girl, Madison. Oh, you look like Madison. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. From She-Hulk. Madison with two N's, one Y, but it's not where you think. It's 
M A D I S Y N N. Right. But it's not what you think. <laughs> Madison, like, no, it was like she was just came out of nowhere and like she was like the best part of that episode. Yeah, like maybe that season, because it was like she was just so like random a character and like mm-hmm. she played well off of Benedict Wong, who plays mm-hmm. Wong on, on the show. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, she appeared on stage on screen. I looked at her. I was like, she kind of looks like Jennifer Love Hewitt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, why does she look so much like Jennifer Love Hewitt? She obviously isn't. But, yeah, she's an actress. She's been in a lot of stuff. You know, she's like a comedic actress and been in mm-hmm. a lot of television comedies. Yeah. And I thought, like, her performance was great. So, like, you know, I definitely, like, had to look her up. Yeah. Yeah. She's um, hilarious. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's get back to the let's list. Let's get back to this. Moving on. Number eight on our list of best shows of 2022 is Interview with a Vampire. Yes. Which is the uh, television adaptation of the Anne Rice book mm-hmm. and the Anne Rice movie that had Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. In Interview with a Vampire, Louis is a closeted Creole black man whose wealth comes from a chain of brothels in Storyville, which is a red light district in the early 20th century of New Orleans. Louis is befriended and later made a vampire by the charismatic Lestat. And, uh, but the price of his immortality is, is, is steep and the relationship in Louis and Lestat is further complicated by the introduction of Lestat's newest fledgling vampire, Claudia. Mm-hmm. And this was a good show. <laughs> I mean, I, I I enjoyed it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I we kind of watched it late. We didn't watch it when it first was released, but yeah. I, I never saw the original interview with Vampire. But I liked this. I like how they, you know, for the purpose of the show, they made Louis black, and the show really touches on a lot of obviously like class issues and race issues, especially in nineteenth century uh, New Orleans. It talk, you know, it really touches on like you know domestic abuse, mm-hmm. uh, both physical and mental abuse, mm-hmm. and and toxic relationships and things like that. And it's it's pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, the performances are are, are, are solid, mm-hmm. and you know, I I really you know enjoyed the show and look forward to a season two. I um I saw the movie. I never read the book Interview with the Vampire, but I did see the movie. I enjoyed the movie. Um, so I was looking forward to to watching this, and um, especially since uh, Jacob Anderson, who played uh, Grey Worm, Grey Worm, yeah, that's on, um, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. So if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you remember Grey Worm? He did not speak. He was the what was it? The, unsullied. unsullied. Yes, couldn't. Yeah, it's been a minute. He was unsullied on that show, that. but he quite sullied on Interview he, he with was Vampire. Unsullied. Yes, he's quite sullied on this. They've getting it in on this show. Wow. Yeah, this is quite a yeah different to see him like now. I mean, not that he wasn't acting on Game of Thrones, but to see him speak <laughs> and really like showcase his his acting in that sense, like of actually having some real dialogue here. Um, all the dialogue, you know, he's like main character here um it was great like he he's phenomenal like i just think he if you watch this show um well if you've seen this show then you see you know kind of different versions of him because they've go they go through time you know they go kind of go back in time and and see just a little bit of you know when he it was like in the 1970s and you know that sort of thing and now present day and going back so you kind of see him acting I don't know. I just think I think that's really cool to see a, a character 
or an actor be able to like kind of change up in this way, like seeing him do the different time periods, I should say. So anyway, yeah, I just think the show, it, 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 I won't go on about it, but I just think it's, it's, it's well, well, it's, it's from a book. So pretty well, well written, but I think how they adapted it to TV is, is just great. And seeing how they were able to now in this TV version, really get into how the book was get into more of the the themes and the the tone of the book um because the the two vampires in the book you know they you know are together and you couldn't you didn't really get that from the movie they weren't trying to go there because obviously that came out in the early 90s so right <laughs> they you know just it was very subtle um back then and so this, you get the full-on experience from the book, which I'm like, gosh, I should read this book now because it is very good. It, the actors, both um, Sam Reed, who plays the stat, is he's Australian and he just does such a phenomenal French accent. Oh, I he's just, Australian? I he's Australian. What that do with French? No, I, no. You <laughs> think he? I could just go on. I just think they are both great. And then the the woman Bailey Bass, um, who plays. Uh, Claudia, young Claudia, she she's great. Everybody's great. I mean, the acting is just good, and the and you know, like I said, just I I could I I told everybody about that. <laughs> I was like, everybody needs to watch this show. And a friend of mine watched it. She was like, oh my god, it's so good. I'm like, yeah, this is. I kind of feel like this is like kind of a sleeper show because it's on AMC. So I don't. You yeah. Know, besides it, Walking Dead, I don't know who's going over to AMC watching AMC. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. But it, definitely check that out on yeah. AMC on. Sure, you can find it on demand or AMC yes. or if you have AMC plus. Um, number seven. Number seven is season two of White Lotus. Yes, like White Lotus um, deals with details of the week in the life of a bunch of vacationers as they relax and rejuvenate at the White Lotus Resort in Italy. Season one took place at the White Lotus Resort in Hawaii, mm -hmm. but with each passing day. Uh, a darker, darker complexity emerges from these pitch perfect, uh, picture perfect travelers. From like the the hotel employees, you get to learn about the hotel employees and what's going on with them. Other guests, mm -hmm. and you get to see like what's going on with these people. So it's pretty much a number of characters, uh, like Tanya, who is married through Greg with Greg, but they're going through some like marital problems. Uh, there's a, a guy who's a Hollywood producer who visits with his father and his son to Italy. And there's also uh, uh, two couples uh, where the guys are college uh, roommates and friends. And one of the guys recently had a windfall because he sold a company that made him, you know, presumably a millionaire or a billionaire. Mm -hmm. And you can see how the, the show, you know, their trip starts off as, hey, we're having fun. We're starting. Mm -hmm. Um you know, this great vacation, we're going to have fun. But as the, as the vacation goes on, stuff starts to happen where people mm -hmm. really much start to, like, you know, hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then you as a viewer get to see, like, these are all terrible people. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. they're terrible towards each other. Mm -hmm. And then you start to, like, hate them and dislike them. But then by the end of the show... You kind of like ease back and be like, okay, well, mm -hmm. that person, I, I'm okay with that person. Like, yeah, I can see why yeah. they did. You know, you kind of feel your feelings change on them as they go on. But it's right, right. It's very funny. Some dry humor. It's a lot of dark humor. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. you know, some good performances from people in it. Like, I 
I really like White Lotus. It's, it's mm-hmm. not a show for everyone, I think. Uh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you might find it slow, especially if you just watch the first couple of episodes. Yeah. But as the show goes on, and as been evidenced by the ratings for season two, yeah. the, the, the ratings went up with each episode. I checked yeah. that out online. Okay. And it's like, it just builds and builds and builds to like that finale. And it's like, oh my gosh, that finale was so intense and yeah, suspenseful. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Like, the last few episodes were really like, oh my God, what is... What is going to happen? Um, White Lotus, yeah. So um, the, at the end of this season, the writer of the show, um, creator of the show, like he like kind of did a little bit. Mike White. Mike White. Or White Mike, whatever, <laughs> however you want to call it. Mike White. Mike White. He um, just kind of gave, um, which I didn't understand. He just said basically like the first season was about money and this season was about sex, which definitely was because we were like, why is every episode have a sex scene in it? There's a sex scene in every episode. Yeah. And if you're into that stuff, you know, this is the show for you. <laughs> you know, if you're into like that intimate, sensual stuff. Yeah. So spoiler alert, non-spoiler alert. Everything is a spoiler here if you haven't <laughs> figured that out. Um, but yeah, like he, you know, he was saying, you know, he kind of gave that uh, little tidbit about wanting to do like with the next season something different so the 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 themes of the show change um and that's cool i like i like that aspect of of the of the show it's not because in that way you can get like a fresh i don't know just a i don't say perspective that's not the word i'm saying but like you know it's just a fresh show every season like right. when you have a theme that you're focusing on like that that's really cool and the characters are different so the characters in this season except for one two Two yes. are um, everybody's different from the first season except for two of uh, the characters. But basically, yeah, um, this show, like uh, like Stephen was saying, is, you know, it's got the humor, but there's a lot of dark humor, and it's the word that I think best describes this show is provocative. That's just my own thought. Like when I just think of some of the, especially this season, but I guess you could say it in the last season too, like. There's just something about the aura of this show that was just, um, I don't know if it's the music. I don't know. It's just the way everything was set. Like you you really don't, at one point, you, you're just like, what is really happening? Like, are people really telling the truth? Mm-hmm. Like I found myself just questioning over, over, you know how sometimes like in shows and you, you didn't just know somebody is lying, well, yeah. right? And they're trying to make it. To show they're trying to show you the audience that yeah this person is lying mm-hmm. but in this there was some of that going on but i was like i don't know you know i found myself like mm-hmm. i don't know kind of going back and forth yeah it's definitely a situation where the, you know events happen and the characters have arguments and discussions mm-hmm. and you're not sure from as a viewer, what's going yeah. on? Like you know, yeah. you don't know who's telling the truth, right? And and, it, and I think it's ambiguous by design. But a yes. lot of stuff that happens in the show is ambiguous yeah. by design. Like you're not supposed to say, "Oh, that's what definitely happened." Yeah, it's yeah. more like it sounds like it could have happened. But <laughs> on the other hand, I'm not sure. Yeah, and, and that's good because it keeps you guessing. And also, it it. it, it as a viewer, you're guessing and you're not sure what the truth is. Right. And the same thing applies to those characters as well. Right. Where they're not sure of what the truth is. Right. You know, what the other person is saying right. happened or whatever it might be. So that, I, you know, I like that aspect of it where there's no clear-cut answer. And with that said, if you're the type of person that likes to watch a show, and I, we have kind of, we haven't spoiled this show, but like, 
if you're the type of person that likes to watch a show and you want to know exactly what's, you know, kind of have a cut and dry show, like you want to see what happens and like, you know, what's going to happen. And then that ends up happening. This is not going to work out for you. <laughs> like, this is not that show. Um, in, in my opinion, I, I think it's definitely one of those shows. It, it doesn't, in a way it wraps up neatly and in a way it doesn't, you know, it, it, you're still, I think the both of us, we were still kind of questioning, like, who was really telling the truth? Right. Like what was really happening, you know? And for me, I, I kind of like that. Like, cause there's so many shows you can watch that just wrap everything up in a neat little bow. And it, and you see the trajectory is almost predictable in the way that a lot of shows work, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's to satisfy the audience. Like, like a lot of audiences want happy endings for instance, they want everything to be nice and neat and happy. Right. And this is not that. You know, it's kind of happy, but it's kind of like, hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, it, yeah, it, exactly. So I love, I love that. I like, I just like watching different stuff these days. You know, but anyway, yeah. Um, so that was number seven. Let's take a break from the countdown to talk about uh, some other things, like mm -hmm. best character. Yes. For you mm -hmm. of twenty twenty two. Best. Character. I'll, I'll let you go first. I have my character, but you go first. My number one character, and then I have an honorable mention. Oh, boy. Here we I go. know. I keep having two. Yeah. I kind of, like, had two for everything. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, but my first one, I don't know. I almost feel like, is it? But it has to be, right? No, it doesn't have to be. But I said Damon Targaryen. I would rather feed my sons to the dragons than have them carry shields and cups for your drunken usurper cunt of a king. Yeah. That was my best character. My yeah. best character. I mean, he was a character that I thought was just going to be like this terrible, terrible person. And to an extent, he is <laughs> terrible. But there's some nuance there, right? There's a lot of nuance with him. There's yeah. a lot. And he, he's, even in one season, he kind of turned out to, it's not turned, it's, I should say he's turning out to be, he's a lot more. Uh, I don't want to say complicated. He's mm -hmm. just a lot more. There's just a lot more to him than I thought, and he's. Yeah. And I kind of felt like I was rooting for him at the end. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely that guy who. Yeah. When he's introduced to the show, you're kind of assuming he's gonna be like, oh, he's the the loose cannon, the wild yeah. card guy. He's gonna be like the a hole guy. Yeah. But when you go back and reflect on on season one of House of the Dragon, yeah. you'll see that like. You know, even though you say he's complicated and nuanced, which yeah. he is, I also think that you still know what kind of guy he is when you reflect back. Because, like, essentially, he is a guy who is actually all about, like, family and his brother. Exactly. Like, it may not seem like yeah. where the things he did, but mm -hmm. he loves his brother fiercely. And right. everything he did, when you think about it in the show, mm -hmm. was... For his brother. Yeah, right. Everything everything that he did yeah. was for his brother, for his family. Mm -hmm. And it may seem like it was uh, counter uh, to what, like, you know, saying that. Like, what he did, yeah. actions may seem counter to that. Right. That credo. But, no, he actually was, you know, fiercely he, loyal to his brother and, and yeah. everything did. And he, and he was just a funny character. He was the yeah. guy who's like, you know, he's the guy in the corner Who's just leaning on the leaning, leaning on the post, <laughs> sipping a coffee, wall. you know, 
yeah. you know, doing a thing like, yeah. Very I, calculating in a sense. Very calculating. Yeah. Like, oh, I see what y'all up to over yeah. there. Yeah, like he, and he really picks and chooses whether he's going to get involved or not. And and when he gets involved, I mean, he's involved. Like, you can't, you can't get, you know, you can't be like, hey, stop. Like, no. Right. <laughs> you know, because you can tell he took his time to figure out whether or not he was going to get involved. So... Yeah, that he's my top character. My honorable okay. mention was Renera, the, <laughs> the young one, the young one. Right. Um, but the old, the older version too, too in a way. But the younger one, I just thought like for a young character in this type of world, you know, she was just really, she was really smart. You know, she was just really smart, and uh, just I just thought well written and well played. Just well, really well played. The actress who played her just played her very, very well. And um, I don't know. I just like, I really like the way they, they wrote this character. And I guess you don't see too many. I mean, she's a teenager. And it's kind of like they could have written her to be, I don't know. We well, know typical teenagers in written in TV shows are just bratty, yeah. sullen. Uh, We're just not interested in life. Right. Which yeah. is, which is in this situation i guess in this kind of world you know because i think about game going to game of thrones i think about sansa mm-hmm. how she was just written at the young you know younger yeah. she was kind of like eh, you know whatever yeah, she's she gonna to be a pretty princess type of exactly you yeah. know and so renera was kind of like complete you know opposite of that yeah, like she's she, very smart she she had she wanted some agency in her life she yeah wanted to she wanted to contribute to her mm-hmm. her family's legacy and her right. father's kingdom. Right, exactly. Yeah. So those are mine. How about you? Uh, for me, my favorite character is my man, my main man, my road dog, B2 Emo. Oh, what? <laughs> B2 Emo. Oh, he's boy. so cute. He's like the best thing ever. That is ever. the best character. I'm gonna take her out in a minute. I wanna say goodbye. I'll have them clear the room if you want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. I want Mama Marva. Love like B2 Emo. And it's like I want every I want all the nice things that happen in the world that happen to B2 Emo. My mama Martha. Oh. <laughs> Marva. 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 <laughs> yeah, like Marva. all he wanted to do was like, you know, hang out with his man Cassian and know. you know, he wanted to go with Cassian when he went places and mm-hmm. didn't want to be left alone and he's like the best. It's like he's like uh it's like Poor guy, you know, know. You just want the best things for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I would murder a hundred <laughs> men if they if they harmed him. That's how much I care about B two emo. So he's like my yeah, that's a great best character. My my uh, the best character of twenty twenty two from Andor. From yeah, from Andor. By the way, uh, I failed to mention that. <laughs> um, next on the list is. I'm not. I'm really looking. I like this one. This is this is a good oh, one. This is a good one. Best monologue mm-hmm. of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to go first? You go first. I'll go first. Best monologue for me is from the same show, B2 Emo. Is oh. Andor. Okay. Uh, my man Luthen, uh, who, who yeah, is uh, yeah. uh, someone who's like the architect uh, in a way of the uh, the rebellion. Mm-hmm. 
when he has his discussion with uh, Lonnie mm-hmm. to explain, you know, Lonnie asks, you know, what have you sacrificed for this? Mm-hmm. And Luthen goes into this this long uh, monologue explaining clearly what he sacrificed. And what do you sacrifice? Calm. Kindness, kinship. Love. I've given up all chance at inner peace. I made my mind a sunless space. I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago from which there's only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my my eagerness to fight. They've set me on a path from which there's no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost. And by the time I look down, there's no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my, what is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Now the ego that started this fight will never have a a mirror or an audience or or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything! You'll stay with me, Lonnie. I need all the heroes I can get. And I like loved that monologue. It was it was so well written with a lot of nuance and yeah. also, you know, the acting by Stellan Skarsgård was like top notch. Like that's the right. type of that's the type of monologue that, you know, wins awards in my yeah, opinion. You absolutely. know, that's the one where like he has to be nominated for best actor based off of that mm-hmm. for for an Emmy. And also it's also it's a good enough it's one of those monologues that like you would see people use in like acting school, you know? Right. Like the type of monologue where people are like, you know, you know, prepare a monologue for your final exam and, you know, rehearse this. Like that's the type of thing where yeah, they would teach this in, in acting school. Right. You know, up until he did that I was kind of like, that that was a really good question for them. Well, did the guy ask the question? Well, yeah. no, he didn't ask the question, but he was well, like. When Lonnie asked, like, what have you sacrificed? Like, he Lonnie, did ask the question, yeah, yeah, right. He was okay. like, what have you sacrificed? Because Lonnie, like, explained what was going on with him. Right. Up until that point, I have to say, I wasn't really sure about Luthen and his sacrifices. Like, how, you know, I didn't really know just how much he had put into the whole process, I guess, and, and getting like, there. Like, how much skin did he have in the game? Exactly. You know? Like, I didn't know, you know, because in a way, he kind of gave me just a slight vibe of being kind of like um, Cassian, where he was just kind of like doing this for the money sort of thing. You know, like, not that Luther was doing it for the money, but just doing it just to kind of, I don't know, like how to put it. But, you know, Cassian, you know, he had that thing and he was trying to sell it and you know, whatever, and that's kind of what he was just doing. You know, finding these various old, what was it, weapons and things, right. or whatever, imperial and just, equipment. Yeah, and just you know, 
So I was thinking that like that's kind of what Luthen was doing, but maybe bigger stakes, higher stakes right. type of thing. So I really wasn't, you know, sure where he was. But that monologue, I was like, oh, he's in this. <laughs> like he, yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's about that action. Yeah, boss. he's about that action. So, okay. and sacrificed a lot. So, okay. So for me, I mean, to me, the greatest monologue had to be uh, Sir Vaymond of Driftwood. <laughs> wow, Sir Vaymond, that's, that's where we're going, huh? Wow, like you are really high on, on House of the Dragon. They just had a lot of moments and I didn't even really think about it going in. I'm just trying to think like who, you know, I'm just trying to figure out like mm -hmm. out of what we watched, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, House of Dragon like really had a lot for me this year. So anyway, um, yeah, there are just so many things I kind of wrote. This was something I actually found online and it just, it's just perfect. Cause there were just so many things that were going on during that monologue. <laughs> I mean, his monologue, just talking about, you know, why he basically, you know, he's trying to say why he should be King, you know, of Driftwood. Driftmark. Driftmark. <laughs> Driftwood. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Driftmark. Driftmark. Yeah. My bad. But yeah, just, you know, he gets to that point where he's talking about, you know, Renera and, oh man. I mean, that was just the best monologue to me. I mean, he just really was, I mean, and, you know, he made a lot of valid points and he probably should be kidding. Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. <laughs> Everything he said, I mean. It's just a little too late, man. The decision had been made, just, you know? Yeah, just you got to move on. And he was not trying to move on. He really felt. Like, you know, this was his, his kingdoms. You may run your house as you see fit, but you will not decide the future of mine. My house survived the doom and a thousand tribulations besides. And gods be damned. I will not see it ended on the account of this Say it. Her children are bastards! And she is a whore. Yes. That was a great synopsis. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this show, as you can already tell by a lot of my best <laughs> characters and things, um, yeah, I really, really um, enjoyed this show. I wasn't even sure, you know, I don't know. It was kind of like, I didn't know what this show was going to give to me personally, like watching it, like, you know, is this going to be like Game of Thrones part two? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know where we were going. You know, I just didn't know what could be different. And, and I'm very happy to say that this show, woo, it's really, really, really good. It, it is. Like, it's really, really good. I just, they're just so, you know, if you watch um, Game of Thrones and you haven't been sold on watching this show, I, I would just say, give it a season. I think you're going to find that it gets, you know, one of the things that people used to talk about Game of Thrones, at least in the beginning seasons of Game of Thrones, was that it was, you know, the pace was slow. 
at some, some parts of it were slow, you know, particularly like looking at Daenerys and her whole journey, right. <laughs> you know, just her whole thing. Like, you know, just some parts of it were slow. Well, this isn't slow. Like this isn't, the pace is great. Um, it's not too fast, not too slow. It's just perfect to me. Um, but I think this show, it gives you those moments, those just like, oh my God, moments that Game of Thrones would give you. So that's kind of my thing. Like give this a show, give this chance, give this show a chance because it, 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 you know, just even the content of what we're dealing with here, what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it is, you know, you still have the Game of Thrones. Like there's still the, the actual like game of thrones going on like i'm trying to make it you know there's still that game being played but this is focused on one family and it's like oh my god like there's just there's just so much more going on that i could have ever imagined and it's it's just it's just good well done well act the acting is just mm, chef's kiss just so good the casting is good casting is good they they got Mm -hmm. good actors for for all the roles and I admit, I mean, I did have some trepidation with this show, thinking, like, well, there's no way lightning could strike twice as far as them, like, putting on a quality show. It's like, you know, when they announced they were doing all these prequels to Game of Thrones, it's like they had, like, four or five of them. They were, like, kicking around as ideas. Right. And I'm like, y'all, you guys it's are doing, much. you're doing too much right now. <laughs> like, I don't know if this this one is actually going to end up being good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to my surprise, it is good. Like, it's... To me, it's it's only one season, so it hasn't reached the the levels or the heights of the original Game of Thrones yet. Right. But the first season is was still pretty darn good. Like I said, there's so many great moments and acting performances. Mm-hmm. And then after you know a couple of episodes of watching this, like you're just like sucked back you're into sucked that in. world. You're like, okay, this is my jam. <laughs> I am so happy. Game of Thrones is back like yeah. i missed it so you forget how yeah. much you missed it yeah yeah <laughs> you know because it's been gone like you know three years maybe or three or four years yeah, since yeah. the last uh episode so it's like wow i'm back in it like yep i'm in it i'm in for the long haul i'm surprised how many people are in it after like the game of thrones the ending everybody was like uh and i was like oh gosh people are not gonna be watching this show because it's just bad See, they're, they're, all, they're all full of it like, and they're people, all full of- <laughs> they say oh we hate game of thrones the last season sucked it was terrible yeah uh, it doesn't didn't make any sense it didn't match up anything that happened before yeah and then i mean i already expressed my views on the last season before. yeah we don't have to you don't have to yeah. go through that again but i knew they were going to be back like, yeah because i know people you know what people said i remember people were saying when game of thrones is over People were acting like they were going to cancel their HBO. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, oh, yeah. I don't have any reason to cancel HBO. And I'm like, and this is before, like, all these other shows came out. So, you're going to, I said these people, like, you're going to cancel HBO, but HBO's got Westworld coming up. They got uh, Watchmen coming up. They got mm-hmm. Lovecraft Country. Like, it was all these shows that, that like, HBO coming. was, like, right. talking about coming. I'm like, really? Like, you see all these shows coming down the pipe and, and, and Pike and you're going to cancel HBO? Stop yeah. lying. You're not canceling HBO. Yeah. And obviously they didn't because now they're still watching. <laughs> and they're watching House of the Dragon now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm glad that people gave it a chance because it's really good. If you haven't given it a chance, give it a chance. It's It will surprise you. And... Um, you know, I'm not gonna say anything, but we all know all of us who watched it. I'm, I'm still, I still think about the end of the season, the mm. finale. I'm aghast. I'm just still, I'm, I'm, my mind is blown. Like I'm, just, <laughs> I'm still shocked. 
Yeah. Woo! I'm still okay. in shock. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, anyway, yeah, but anyway, go watch it. Yeah, go watch. <laughs> you haven't Dragon, watched it. Number six on our list. Number five is Strange New Worlds. And no, not Strange New World, the, the Disney film, <laughs> animated film that came out. No, Star Trek Strange New Worlds follows Captain Christopher Pike and the crew of the Starship Enterprise NCC-1701 in the 23rd century as they explore new worlds throughout the galaxy. And it takes place a decade before the original Star Trek series from 1960s that had uh, James Kirk and Spock and Bones and Scotty and Uhura and all the people you know from that ship. So it's it's pretty much a prequel of that show. And it follows Captain Pike as he was the um, original captain of the Enterprise before James Kirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strange New Worlds, Sitchi is a, is a spinoff of Star Trek Discovery on Paramount+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought some of these characters of Strange New Worlds onto Discovery in season two, and people love the character so much that they did a spinoff of it. And it's number you know five on our list and number one in my heart. As far as the <laughs> as far as the new Star Trek, as I like to call them, or the new Star Trek shows that uh, have come on uh, Paramount Plus, I love Strange New Worlds. I think it's a great mm-hmm. show. It's to me, it's quite frankly a much better show than Discovery. Uh, Discovery started off with so much promise, but it it is clear to me that Discovery is doing a different kind of show than I want to see when it comes to Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And Strange New Worlds, is, in a way, is kind of like a throwback to what I like about Star Trek, mm-hmm. where you know the shows, the episodes are more episodic in nature. It's not really much serial, uh, you know, storytelling like it is in Discovery. Mm-hmm. And and each episode and being episodic allows them to just tell great like sci-fi moral stories mm-hmm. like it, 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 if an episodic they could say okay this is the issue with we're visiting this planet and this is the moral dilemma you know this is like the sci-fi you know solution or sci-fi problem and it's like a nice throwback it's like wow this is like what star trek is in a way where you know we have these discussions of different uh issues about you know moral dilemmas and and soci you know society mm-hmm. societal issues and concerns right uh with the, under the backdrop of like a sci-fi show with all the techno babble and pew 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 and all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah uh, uh, the characters uh for the most part pretty great um mm-hmm. they're, they're 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 funny there's a lot of humor it doesn't feel forced mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of stuff with discovery feels forced um like they're just doing too much with discovery where i feel like discovery is more of we're just doing message, 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 and not actually mm-hmm. telling a good story or a competent story. Sure. Where this is like, well, I feel like the stories come first. We want to tell this great story, and then we'll, you know, sprinkle in all this other commentary that that Star Trek usually does and mm-hmm. does well. Um, for me, I just, um, just simply, I just, you know, I like Star Trek, and um, there's a lot of Star Trek shows that um, I haven't really gotten to watch like all the way through like so this is um so i i come from the perspective of i like star trek but like i don't know everything there is to know about star trek but um i simply like this because i like anson mount <laughs> i just think he's a really great actor um he plays um and he's a little easy on the eyes too huh 
I mean, he's an attractive guy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, he's an attractive guy. But I like the way he played. No, I mean, I like the I like him as a character. I like him when he was, you know, unfortunately the horrible uh, Inhuman show um, Marvel put out. Ooh, um, he was Black Bolt on that, and you know, I thought he was good. But yeah, you know, he is just a great actor to me, and he just he just makes this work. You know what I mean? Like, he just makes the whole series work, in my opinion. But yeah, I like all the characters. Um, what's my man that plays Spock? Ethan Peck. Yeah, I like him too. Little, like, great-grandson of Gregory Peck. Hmm. Actor Gregory Peck, yeah. I like him. Yeah, I like yeah, him too. A, he plays a, a good Spock. He's a good Spock. Yeah. Um, and then Rebecca Romaine is on this as the number one. Mm-hmm. So I just like I like the character. I mean, it helps to like characters. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't anybody that's annoying or whatever. It's you know, and it's well written. Like each show, so, you know, the season I thought was really entertaining and good, and it does give you that you know nostalgic feel for the the old the original Star Trek. So I really enjoy that because I love the original Star Trek. So yeah, um, good show. Yeah, so we recommend it uh, if you guys check it out. And you don't need to have, I know it's Star Trek, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. Star Trek content out there. Yeah. You don't need to have any pre-existing knowledge of Star Trek to watch this show. Yeah, that's You don't really have great. to have watched Discovery. You don't have to have watched the original Star Trek or mm-hmm. TNG or Deep Space Nine or any of those. You can just go in fresh on watching Strange New Worlds, yeah. and you'll jump in and... I guarantee you will enjoy it because like yeah. I said, the shows are episodic. So it's kind of like each story, each episode is like a different story and you can right. really get into it. You don't have to worry about like all the lore of Star Trek and the entire right, universe. That you're not going to know what's the, happening. You're not going to know what's happening. Right. You don't need to know all that stuff because it's it's pretty self-contained mm-hmm. each episode and then you'll get into it and perhaps like you'll like it enough to like, you say, hey, well, I'm going to try more Star Trek. Yeah, to mm-hmm. me, it just feels like if it it feels like as if you were watching a newer version of like the original Star Trek. That's how it feels to me. Like it's like it gives you a lot of the feels of that. Yes. And it's so if you like the original Star Trek with the, you know, Spock and Kirk, you know, that crew. Yes. I, I think this is easy to like in that sense. Yeah. You know, exactly. You'll like feel like connection there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All, All right. right. So so going on, let's talk about the best. I'm gonna go with best scene. Okay. For you of 2022. Yes. So me. And I want to be. You know what? And you and already th- know what it is. Probably. I know what it is based on what you've already discussed. Oh no, I've got multiple. Actually, I picked out multiple. What is up with you in this multiple thing? I don't know. You I can't feel decide. Like you know what? I That's you being a Libra. That is me being a Libra. You can decide. So you have like three different For best things. line, I have just one though. Okay. Isn't that funny? But yeah, but best scene. Okay. What's your best scene of 2022? I'm, I'm going to... I literally have one, two, three, four, five, six best scenes. I got to say them. All. Because <laughs> there were just too many. Uh, okay. There were just too many. Okay. Number one best scene for me was Dylan G., in severance we've already talked about that we talked about that do we want to spoil that though do we want to well, i know we haven't really well, been... which which scene then? We... before I'm, i mean i'm not sure which scene you're going to talk about because he has a lot of good scenes the security room okay the security room yes i can just say that you can say security okay room. that's, that's awesome in the scene. security room in severance 
He's the, he, he's the real MVP. He's the real MVP. <laughs> I hope I haven't spoiled anything. I don't, nah, I don't nah. think we really have thus far. Okay, so we're trying not to. But the second one for me is also from Severance. Dance. Yes, the, the, the dance dance party? Dance party. Dance party, yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Dance party. There's more to that, but I won't... That's kind of like spoiler. And I'm hoping so I these like... These little cryptic teases are wetting your guys' appetite for this show. <laughs> like, I hope, like, you're hearing this, like, what? what? Security room? Yeah. Dance party? What? <laughs> I hope that's getting you to think, like, I should check out Severance. Because you should. You but, should. <laughs> but go on. You got more scenes. Got more scenes. Uh, now, this is kind of a random scene, but I just thought it was, it was, um, I don't know, it was powerful to me, I guess, in a sense. But it was uh, from House of the Dragon. And it was Renera uh, going to Allison's room right after she. Oh yes, after yeah, yeah. after the baby. Yeah. After the baby, right? That was just wow, like that whole. Okay, the third one is from also House of Dragon. This is a spoiler. So third one. That's the fourth it. one. It's the fourth one. My bad. <laughs> right. This is the fourth one, but it's 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 a spoiler though. He is Vayman. It's Vayman. Yeah. <laughs> it's Vayman. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I can't say that. Okay. So the where am I? Five. Uh, this is from uh, White Lotus. And it is <laughs> Tanya against everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Tanya against the world. <laughs> Tanya like, against the world. <laughs> like, if, if, Tanya is both an infuriating character yeah but also like a character you want to root for yeah and at this moment we were all rooting for like you go girl right you go girl (laughs) you do that thing you do that (laughs) yeah so i know i'm seeing you talking about about. if you guys have seen white lords you know what tanya versus everybody (laughs) we'll call it like that right right and then my last one is from interview with vampire and it's um i'll just you know, there's many in here. There's many. What I'm going to say is there's many scenes throughout the show. So you don't know what I'm really referring to unless you've seen the show. And it's Lestat, Lestat and Louis fighting. Mm. The fight. I'll just that, call it the fight. The fight, yes. Oh, so that, those are my best scenes. Sorry, I had so many. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, for me, uh, my best scene because I followed instructions followed and only rules. did one scene. Um, <laughs> as, as I, as the same as one of yours. It's, it's yeah. Vayman uh, in the throne room. Oh! It's, it's, it's okay. what happened at that scene. Epic scene. That was like, that to me was like, <laughs> that's what Game of Thrones is all about. Yeah. That scene, that moment is like, yes. This is this is Game of Thrones. This is like this is the Game of Thrones I love. This is the Game of Thrones that like had has everyone like jaws dropped on the floor. It's like yes, this Drop. is this is this is familiar. This is great. And that to me was like that was the single best scene of twenty twenty two of all the shows we watched. Like yeah. that to me just I know it gave me goosebumps. It put a warm. <sighs> Warmth in my heart, like I love that. <laughs> that scene. gave you warmth. <laughs> it it your did heart. because it was like, yes, Game of Thrones is back, baby. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so we had the same scene for that. 
Uh, yes. Okay. So. So where are we? We best, are. Well. Oh. Kind of related to the best scene. Oh yeah, we have the best line. Yeah, right. The best, best scene. Line. This is okay. to me the best, like, single line mm-hmm. of any show that we watched this year, mm-hmm. and it's not even best. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be of the best shows, mm-hmm. and it's in the top ten. Yeah. But I'll let you. Uh, you go first. I actually had more. I wrote down more, but I'm just gonna say this one. Um, the best line for me. Oh man, I don't know. We have to say this other one. But no, the best line for me was uh, from House of Dragon, and it was Rhaenyra to Alicent. Exhausting, wasn't it? Hiding beneath the cloak of your own righteousness. But now they see you as you are. And it goes, exhausting, wasn't it? Hiding beneath the cloak, mm-hmm. the cloak of your own righteousness. But now they see you as you are. That was a bar. Mm. I mean, in the moment of that scene, yeah. woo, that was a bar. Yeah. Yeah, if you saw the scene, then you know what's up. Was that the only one you got for that one? That's the only one I wrote. I, I mean, I wrote more, but I, I'll just go, that's just it. I'll follow the directions this time. <laughs> okay. Well, this is, you know... This is like my best single. This is line, right? Yeah, best, best line. Best, yep. best single line of like everything that I watched in television 2022. Okay. You smug motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was going to say. That was. I just wrote that one. <laughs> that's from Severance. Yeah. That is a, the character of Irving uh, played by John Turturro, yeah. who is like. John Turturro's like killing Severance. Like yeah. he 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 put it, he's putting in that work. He's putting in that work. Yeah. That was the single best line of all of 2022. That really was. I was like amazing. I, I, I love that. Wrote that. I literally just wrote that, and I was like, I'm gonna go with the other one. I mean, and it's 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 everything about that scene. It's, it's the look on his face yeah. when he says it. You know the 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 way his his lips curve when he say it, and then how he kind of does it with the soft A at the end. You know, yeah, he, he doesn't do the hard ER. ER, yeah, right. <laughs> he does the A, and he says it with such contempt in yeah. his voice. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was like, <laughs> woo, that's the best line ever. It was the best line ever. You're right. You're right. That I wrote that one, and I wrote a couple other ones from from there too. There were there were some good lines in Severance. Yeah. So moving on back to our list. Yes, back to the list. Number four. Number four. The yes. number four of Astro 2022, according to us, is Abbott Elementary. Yes, Abbott Elementary. Abbott Elementary is a mockumentary style television <laughs> show, much in the way of The Office or Parks and Rec mm-hmm. or Modern Family. Um, and it stars Quinta Brunson as a second grade teacher at an elementary school in Philadelphia. And her name is Janine. And she is someone who is like very eager beaver, <laughs> thinks she could change the system. And, mm-hmm. you know, she has, you know, you know, a slight crush on the, on the new uh, teacher at the school, mm-hmm. uh, named Gregory, uh, who wanted to be the principal of the school, but he lost that job. Uh, ended up, you know, becoming a, a substitute teacher and then a permanent teacher. Uh, he lost that job to Ava <laughs> Coleman, who ended up being the principal, but she's a terrible principal. She's she's very she has like no experience. She's very vain, <laughs> vacuous. Um, 
you know, shallow. She uses school resources to her own benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in the school, there's Melissa, who's like a, a you know a hardened second grade teacher who kind of like she's from Philly and she's kind of like, hey, yo, I know a guy. I know a guy who knows a guy. He, you know, he, he can get you what you want. You know, yeah. she's that kind of person. Also, there's Jacob, who's like the awkward like history teacher, mm-hmm. um, who's you know he's like the kind of awkward dorky teacher mm-hmm. at the school. And then there's Barbara, who is the old school kindergarten teacher who, you know, she's been the veteran veteran teacher who's been there for 30 years and knows Mm -hmm. how everything works. And it's it's a great funny network show. Mm -hmm. There's not many funny network shows. And be quite hilarious, yeah. Transparent. There's not many network shows that we watch anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's one of the network shows we do watch, and it's still like a funny show that you know, really takes a, 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 a nice loving look at like the public school system and the people who work there and the mm-hmm. kids and, you know, shines a light on these people who put in this work, who, who work so hard to help these kids and, and how underappreciated, underfunded they are. Yes. And it, it's a great look at that, but it's also, you know, really funny with, with great characters who are well-defined, and they did a, a good job of defining the characters and their personalities, and, yeah. you know, I think the show works. Yes, it was, um, yeah, it's it's like, yeah, we don't watch too many um, network TV shows, and to find a great comedic network TV show these days, I think, is hard. I mean, we grew up, you know watching you know all sorts of great network shows back in back in our day (laughs) so you know these days it's kind of like um there's probably better dramas i guess on network tv than comedy so this was a good um find and um yeah i'm glad we're watching it like real time because i feel like we have found some funny shows like after the fact like we watch them in like rerun right and we're like oh we should watch you know this show like when it was on like who who knew how funny it would be you know mm-hmm. um and you, and you just really don't know these days um so this was a good find and um it's hilarious absolutely you must watch the show if you don't yeah yeah Great. Say about that. <laughs> uh, number three on our list is actually another network show that we watch, and we have number yeah, three. Yeah, number three is another network show. You're calling that a network? Yeah, it's okay. on FX. Oh. But we watch it via Hulu. Oh. Well, <laughs> the network I, show I guess we I watch. I think of app. FX as cable. Well, that's a network. Well, okay, sure. I mean, you know, not yeah, like a, it's not a broadcast. Not network. a broadcast. Yeah, that's why I think network. of broadcast. Yeah, but. Uh, it's the bear on FX, mm-hmm. and the bear is about Carmine, aka Carmi, a young chef from the world of fine dining, who returns home to Chicago to run his family sandwich shop after his brother's suicide. And it's a world away different from what he's used to. He must balance the realities of running a small business, and his also, you know, dealing with his very strong-willed, stubborn kitchen staff (laughs) as well as like his own like strained family relationships with you know his sister uh and his play cousin cousin (laughs) (laughs) um all the while still trying to process and deal with like his brother's suicide and this show to me was it it was kind of unexpected like Mm -hmm. i remember kind of seeing some like 
ads for it, but I really didn't get into it. But then I kept seeing more people tweet about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, what is this bear show? People keep tweeting about this. Let me check this out. Mm-hmm. And we checked it out. I watched the first episode. And the first episode was very frenetic. It was very like, it reminded me of Uncut Gems, a film <laughs> that I did not care for too much. Mm-hmm. That had some good moments, but I really didn't care for overall. Where it was just so... Uh, uh, so chaotic, chaotic and, and yes. so much going on in the first episode with people talking fast, moving fast, dialogue, you know, um, dialogue is overlapping, right. you know, people are talking over each other. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if this is going to be like uncut gems, like I can't deal with this. Like this is just too much going on. Yeah. But fortunately after the first episode, it does slow down and settles into a nice pace and groove, uh, tonally, but like the characters are great. Like it's 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 great performances all around from everybody yeah. on the show, from you know the quote unquote lead actors mm-hmm. for, and, and the supporting actors. It's 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 you know it, it really shows how you know the small sandwich shop. Even though these people kind of seem to not have much in common in some respects, but they do end up coming together and like you know forming this little family that works. That's together, you know, 16 hours out of the day or whatever long. Mm-hmm. And they come to love and respect each other. And they, you know, come aligned with the same goal of, like, making this, like, sandwich shop work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, like, really, really good. Like, I was not expecting it to be that good a show. And I'm like, wow, like, this is, like, a dope show. I, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. I think the theme with all of the top shows that we are writing or that we're talking about here is that they're one, they're well written shows and 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 two, which really should be one, the performances of a lot of these shows that we watch are just so good. Like this I don't know, it seems like this year there were just so many great great shows because the performances were just excellent. Like this is a show the bear just made me, I felt like I was working in that sandwich, sandwich shop. I was going to say sandwich. You were going to say sandwich. <laughs> Sandwiches. Okay. So anyway, I, I just felt like, yeah, like you, it was chaotic and I don't really love that. I don't really like watching chaotic stuff like that because it puts me on edge and I kept thinking the entire time, oh my God, somebody's going to like chop a hand off like watching these people cook and like you get these close-up shops shots of them chopping chopping, and they're chopping fast man and it's just it's all adds to just this tense this what's the word it's like i want to say tensiveness but that's not the word um but it just adds to it all and you know i just think that if you can settle in, if you can get your, if you can kind of, you know, settle in with them, this is, I mean, this is such a great show. I mean, the, like I just said, like everybody, the acting is just so good. Yeah. It's, it's just it's so very, good. very intense uh, mm-hmm. acting. People really like leave it as they say in sports, they, they leave it on the field. Like they, yeah. they give their all in the performance. Mm-hmm. And I can, I, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that like these actors are like just utterly exhausted and wasted at the end of each shooting I mean, day. Particularly that one episode where you it's just running. Right. You mean it's that, like the, the episode where it's like one long, one, uh, long. one long uncut 
shot where yeah. the camera just moves around the shop and goes from character to character without any cuts. Yeah. And, and it's th- like basically a busy day for it's them. It's a busy day and for them. you and are thrown into it with them. And it's, it's like, like... Yeah, it, that was a great... Episode, I've never seen scene. a scene like that before. I've never, I've it, never it, seen... It was pretty long. I mean, yeah. they, they, the, the show started off with one single shot for a good, like, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, it was and, crazy. And I read about it. I mean, they basically shot that, like, several times. They had. Oh, they, wow, they, just, they did. They did a lot of practice, and they shot that several times mm. where the camera moved around the kitchen, and, mm-hmm. and the, then it, there was no cuts or anything, and then everyone had to deliver their lines, hit their marks at yeah. the right spot to make sure everything came mm. out good. So that that was like it know, was awesome. I mean, that may have been like a sing, one of the single best episodes. We didn't talk about that. We we don't have a single best episode category, right? But yeah. that was may have been one of the single best episodes of the year of all the television shows we've watched. Yeah, absolutely. So that show, yeah. If you haven't seen this show, I mean, give it give it a whirl. It's it's dramatic for sure, but. But then there's the the funny moments in it are just so good. Like they're just perfect. It, it feels like I don't know. All I can think of is to say it just feels real when they're like having a funny moment. Like the the young woman that works in the shop, she's hysterical. Like she's she's a, the actress is actually a comedian and she she's just so funny. Like her her time because she's a comedian. Her timing is just so good with the jokes and it just it just works yeah the, the jokes so well. are very well placed and yeah. it does a great job of cutting through the tension that we yes. talk about like it, yes. it says just like real life where you could be having a discussion with somebody having an argument like there's times that you mm-hmm. and i are like having an argument about something and then like something funny will happen or someone will say something and funny just break. and yeah. it just breaks the tension mm-hmm. yeah. and you're just laughing right just like fools yeah and that's what happens <laughs> on the show where it's just Placed at the right moment where it really cuts the tension, yeah, and allows the show to to stretch out and breathe, where you don't feel like it's like just you know moment after moment or scene after scene mm-hmm. of just like intense you know dialogue and intense emotion. It's more like you know there's an ebb and flow to it, some peaks and valleys, or some there's some modulation there that really you know ha- shows great balance in in the show and, mm-hmm. and how it you know how it progresses. Yeah. Excellent show. Really, yeah. really good show. And, you know, we, so we've been doing this top 10 list of, you know, what we thought our best shows were. Mm-hmm. What show do you think, we've got two more to go. We still got number two and number one on the list. Yeah. But what what show do you think is a show that you feel like you wish more people would watch? Okay, I had two on this list, but I'm gonna go with this one. This is this is something we have not mentioned tonight. Um, I think people should watch Evil. It's great. It is the craziest, greatest show that we have not talked about, and it didn't make our top. (laughs) It didn't make our top ten list, but it was on our list. It was I don't know how far down. It was past. Yeah, it was. It was was tied for (laughs) twelfth. Okay, so. Yeah, so it is, it's it's a good, like I would say, honorable mention. And I don't know how to describe this show. It is just, I mean, essentially it's a, it's on CBS. Well, it was on CBS. Now it's on Paramount+. Plus. Correct. So it's streaming only. It's streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. And you can see the shift because the first season was on CBS. Right. The second season switched to Paramount+, Plus due to COVID. Right. But it was shot for CBS. Right. But then for season three, 
they just went straight to Paramount Plus, and right. you can see the shift and how the show is made, where <laughs> now they're cussing more. Yes, yeah, sw- we're swear they're, words. They're swearing and cussing more. a little more, bit more. A little bit more sex. Sexy. You know, sexy and more <laughs> sensual. Not like, it's not White Lotus. They're they're not going at it like, like Jack yeah, Rabbit. They're it's, not. But, like, it's, it's, not but it's definitely more sexual and sensual yeah. than it was when it was on CBS for the first two seasons. Yeah. So it's on, it's on Paramount Plus, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's a crazy show i mean i'll say like the synopsis of it and i and i'd never do synopsis i'm you're better yeah, at synopsis, synopsis but guy. i will say it's about essentially it's about a priest a psychologist and that sounds like a joke as a priest a psychologist a priest and, a, and then i'll just say a scientist yeah i call him a scientist sure because i don't know what he really yeah is so it's about a priest a psychologist or yeah a therapist if you will and a scientist and they are working for a church, the church, the Catholic church, the Catholic church in, the, are they finding out, are they trying to determine, they're trying to determine if people are possessed by demons. Um, I don't, I don't think that's the main focus. I think it's more. Their work. Part of the work yeah. is like, like they, they investigate things on behalf of the Catholic church. So whether they're yeah. investigating you know okay, whether someone yeah. is very actually possessed. Whether investigating if there's a demonic presence in the house, like they're investigating so, yeah. different things that people have brought to the church's attention that may <laughs> have some satanic or demonic, demonic attachment. You know, so it may be an attachment to a person or to a thing, right? Or place. So okay. they're investigating. So it's so, kind of like yeah. think of it kind of like X Files in a way. And with the three main characters, like you said, a priest, like a a, a therapist, and like a scientist. Think of it like the priest is the believer. He right. believes in the church and God. The scientist, right. he's an atheist. He doesn't right. believe, he doesn't believe in, in any anything. of that stuff. Yeah. And he thinks there's a scientific explanation for everything for that's everything. happening. Right. Or a technological explanation. Right. And then the therapist, she's someone who, you know, did practice or believe at one point, but now she's a little... She's probably agnostic in Agnostic sense. at yeah. this point. So she's in the middle in the of middle. those two different worlds. For all intents and purposes, right. she's in the middle. She's in the middle. Yeah. So it's about them as a trio investigating mm-hmm. these these things on behalf of the Catholic Church. Yeah. And the show is is by <laughs> the kings who did The Good Fight and The, the Good Wife, mm-hmm. uh, Michelle and Robert King. And... It it, it it definitely includes the loopy zaniness that you will find in the good fight. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's really campy at mm-hmm. times. A lot of goofy, mm-hmm. and it's 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 so much fun. It's just it's a so fun, fun show. It, even though it, it it tries to tie all these things together, these investigations into one overarching mythology, uh-huh. but everyone who's a fan of the show has watched has realized look. They're just making this stuff going on. Like there'll be storylines, <laughs> yeah. there'll be something that happened in the episode, and there'll be like no resolution. Like, yeah. okay, was that a demon or not? Right. And they don't talk about it ever and again. They won't talk about it ever again. They won't again. even bring that, it up again. And that can be kind of a negative if you need resolution in your shows. You might be a little annoyed at that in this show. Right. I would say still watch it, but if you really just need things to be again wrapped up with a bow and tied up, and you need, and you don't like plot holes. You don't like holes. You don't like things being left. It's probably not That's the show for you. Yeah, because this is there's a lot of things that get left. But <laughs> but I think it also but, kind of serves the show well that it does that because it's it's a light. Yeah. Because the thing the show to this point still in some aspects hasn't confirmed 
to us, the viewers, that these things that are happening are real, that they're real right. demons. Like, it, it makes it ambiguous enough where, mm-hmm. okay, that could have been a demon or mm-hmm. that could have been someone who hacked into the computer system and mm-hmm. made, like, the lights flicker in the house and turn the heat up on the on the Nest, right. you know, thermostat or whatever right. it might be. So, and, and a lot of time, I mean, it's by design. It's kind of like you as a viewer yourself, you have to determine... Is this something that's going on in someone's mind? Mm-hmm. Is it real? Are, is this is this character really seeing a demon in their bedroom, right. or are they just hallucinating? And that that right. that image was planted into their head because they read something the day before, right? And so, like to your point, if you want an answer, <laughs> you're probably not going to get it. Yeah. But it, it, to me, it's not about the the answers for this show. It's about the ride and the journey. Yeah. And it's just like a fun. It's so fun. Creepy show it's to so watch. So creepy. Yes. There's the overarching thing that we haven't talked about, which is the horror aspect of this show. And there definitely it's gotten more scary now that I think it's just on Paramount streaming. I think the first two seasons, you know, was scary. But they're definitely, it's gotten scarier, mm-hmm. I would say, over the season. So if you, if you don't like horror at all, you will see some horror, horrifying thing, <laughs> things on this show. Um, as if you are watching a horror movie, um, you may not want to like, you may not tune in. And I do not like horror. So I do, I, I understand if you're not a horror fan, I do not see horror movies whatsoever. But this show, it's so good. Like, again, it's, you're watching it, the three main characters, they're just, fun to watch like you I, I don't know if anybody could dislike any of them like truly you might find one boring a little bit boring but like but she gets so much better over the course of the season so anyway I would just say people should watch evil it if you're looking for a unique show to watch this is it it's got it's got so many different like tones to it themes to it and it's just it's just not like anything else we watch. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I agree. Yeah. What's your show? My show, I'll talk about, I, I have a show that mm-hmm. is actually in, it's, it's a show in the top two that oh. we have to go to. So okay. it's one of them. So I can talk about it more then. But for now, I can bring <laughs> up as an alternate show, uh, you picked Evil. That would have been my alternate show. Another show mm-hmm. I would say that I wish more people would watch uh, is actually Only Murders in the Building. Oh, Sure. Mm-hmm. With Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm. And the show is so delightful. It's, it is so funny. It's, it's, a, it's, it's such a funny show that's well acted and performed. Like, it's, you know, you were talking about comedic timing on the bear. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, like, comedic giants and, like, Steve Martin and Martin Short where their chemistry is great. Like, mm-hmm. you want know to play off each other. They have great chemistry and timing. And then <laughs> Selena Gomez as part of it is... You know, she fits in just nicely as the as the younger part of this little trio <laughs> who are get wrapped up in a murder conspiracy that happens in the building that they live in, and they decide to make a podcast about it. <laughs> so so season one is like someone is, is is found murdered, and then they do a podcast that talks about them investigating the murder, and it's a good play <laughs> on all those podcasts that have become popular where people are. Uh, you know, listen to NPR podcasts and all these mm-hmm. other murder mysteries about some murder in a small town. It's like a 10-part series right. with someone who's like, you know, and she was a young woman, <laughs> but she wasn't sure what was going on underneath the boards of, you know, the floorboards of her house. 
you know, it's, just all, it's, it's one of those things. There's a playoff of there, and season two was this year, and mm-hmm. season two was very good. I, I, it wasn't quite as good as season one, but I yeah. still enjoyed it a yeah, lot. Yeah, it was very yeah. Uh, I think the characters, uh, you know, it was great. It was a great shift um, to a different aspect. It's, it's still the same concept of the murder happening, but mm-hmm. now it's kind of like closer to home, and they're doing the podcast, and you have all these other guests that drop in mm-hmm. onto the show. And now there's a competing podcast. <laughs> right, there's a competing <laughs> podcast. And it's, and it's great because it's also like a murder mystery type show. So if you're into right. murder mysteries and trying to figure out who did it, like, you know, the who done it, and yeah. what are the clues, like, it, it does a great job of layering yeah. all the clues and, mm-hmm. and the evidence as to who committed, like, the crime in the show. Mm-hmm. All amongst, like, Steve Martin and and Martin Short like acting a fool. I mean, they're <laughs> a complete fool. <laughs> they are just so good on this. Like they're they it's hilarious. Like yeah. the way they work. I'm like, man, they they are really good at this. You yeah. know. And I'm glad like they have this vehicle mm-hmm. for them. And people are kind of like you know maybe discovering or rediscovering like how funny they are. Yeah. So yeah. to me, and, and it's on Hulu by the way, uh, for those who don't know. Um, Check it out. Only murders in the building. There's two seasons, and they're short episodes. They're yeah. like thirty episodes or thirty, 30 minutes, minutes an episode, mm-hmm. and it's what like eight episodes a season. Something yeah, so like it's that. really quick. It's really quick. Like you can, if you're concerned about paying for another service, if you don't already have Hulu, you can do that thing where you can <laughs> get the first week free or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You can uh, you sign up for a free trial for like a week and then cancel. Yeah, I would suggest you do that because you could binge this show. In basically four days, if you yeah. want to, you could knock out like three episodes yeah. a day, and you can, you know, you could binge binge <laughs> the show in less than a week. Yeah. And so, if you don't have Hulu, sign up for the free trial for a week, knock out, knock it out in one week, and then you can cancel the Hulu after that. Believe yeah. me, you won't regret it. It's so good. It's so enjoyable. And like you said, yeah, Martin, Steve Martin, and Martin Short, which is difficult to say sometimes. Um, yeah, they're just, they're just experts you know what i mean like all i can think of is how like watching them together i know this is so cheesy and weird but like i'm just like i feel blessed to be watching this because they're like old school i mean we grew up with them you know snl and all the movies and stuff they've done and you know it's like they're they're just vets at this they're just i just feel like you don't get real comedy on tv tv shows like this anymore like real, like truly, right. they are truly funny. Like just, they're, they're funny. They're so they're funny. Self, so confident and self assured. Like they yes. know they are in their bag. They yes. know they are killing it. You <laughs> yes. know, yeah. They know it, and they know that you know. They, 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 right. Right. <laughs> you know? Yep. They know. They know you're watching that show for them right. because they are hilarious. And like, but don't sleep. Selena Gomez does a good job. Like I, you know, I know she's a Disney person she come from disney i never saw the she's you know after my time (laughs) yeah and so i didn't know anything about her acting you know just know her as a singer you know whatever but like yeah like she's she's really good she plays off them very 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 well like yeah yeah. the three of them have great chemistry great chemistry yeah so definitely check that out all right moving on back to our list all right back to the list getting down to the last two top two Number two on our list of the best shows of 2022, as uh, determined by <laughs> Stephen and Tracy, 
is Andor. Andor. Andor is a Star Wars show on Disney Plus. <clears throat> and it begins five years before the events of Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One was a was the movie that depicted how the the rebels stole the plans for the Death Star in the first place. And um, it follows an ensemble cast of characters during the time when the Rebel Alliance is just now getting started against the Empire. And one of the characters is Cassian Andor, and he's you know one of the main characters from Rogue One. And it shows how he became you know he started off as a thief, but he also becomes like a revolutionary who helps join the rebellion, and he's like a key person as part of the rebellion. And <clears throat> Let me just say, like, I love this show. The show is like dope. You love this show. I, I love Andor. Andor is like so dope. Like, <laughs> it was good. It's it's really good. It's it's in 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 the same sense of like Strange New Worlds. I I also feel like it's a show where you don't need any pre knowledge of Star Wars or the universe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you really need it. Um, I mean, it certainly helps. Yeah. But the show and and the show is also. For people who may be turned off of Star Wars because they're not into mm. the pew pew and the lightsabers <laughs> yeah, and the force and all that stuff. Like some people aren't into it. You kinda of probably think it's kinda of silly and like low brown away, kinda of campy. Mm-hmm. This show, for lack of a, a better term I can think of at this moment, is an adult version of Star Wars. It's very gritty, grounded, it feels real. Mm-hmm. Um, most of it is shot on location mm-hmm. there is not much like you know in the modern star wars a lot of stuff is shot on like uh with green screens and, and virtual environments especially if you look at something like the mandalorian or book of boba fett where they have this giant virtual wall mm-hmm. to depict locations and they're actually inside of a giant studio this is like where they actually go somewhere to shoot like they mm-hmm. go to norway and they're shooting in norway you know they're shooting on location in actual like environments so it feels more real and grounded. And it's it's a great show that discusses, like, it talks about the, the, the startings of a rebellion and, and the sacrifices that have to be made and, and what it takes to, to start a rebellion against a, a fascist empire. I mean, it talks about the fascist empire and, like, what it does to people and the and you know the methods that they use to keep people under control, how to mm-hmm. usurp people's rights and, and keep them, um, you know, keep, keep the people... I guess, you know, uh, I can't really think of what I want to say, but more, you know, keep the people in check and, yeah. and collared. And it talks about, like, how you have to do things like this, you know, it's it's a dirty business. It's not, mm-hmm. like, something that, like, gets all the glory. Like, you're going to have to do some shady stuff. You're going to have to work with shady people to get this stuff done. Like, where mm-hmm. the Star Wars movies are all about the, the heroes and the, right. the typical heroic acts of someone you know, flying a ship and, and shooting down the Death Star, someone, you know, you know, striking down the bad guy with a light sword, you know, laser sword. Yeah. And, you know, it has the, those typical, like, adventure tropes of you can get the, the hero and this girl. Yeah. This is more complex and nuanced, and it really explores various aspects of the rebellion with different different people and their different roles into it. And... It's, it's very well written, and, like, mm-hmm. Tony Gilroy, you know, is, is the one who's responsible for the show, and he actually ended up doing, a uh, like, a rewrite on Rogue One, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he did, like, Michael Clayton and, you know, like, the Bourne movies, um, 
So he's like a really good writer, mm-hmm. and he puts his foot in the show. He he wrote many of the episodes, mm-hmm. um, but he's the showrunner. So even if he didn't write the episode directly, like his his imprint and fingerprints were all over it. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying earlier, how things start off with like the great writing. Like this show has great writing and great performances. They just yeah. nailed it with the casting. They got they got people who can act. Mm-hmm. And as I said before about uh, Stellan Skarsgård's monologue, like yeah. That's the type of stuff that wins the awards. Like Star mm-hmm. Wars, uh, you know, it usually is the type of show or stuff that wins the awards other than like technical stuff. Right. But Andor is the type of show where this is like a legit great show. It this is like a Peabody best drama stuff. type show that should be winning. Yeah. Um, you said a lot of stuff. I agree with all those things. Um, I, I come from the uh, perspective of not being a huge Star Wars fan. I see a lot of, I've seen a lot of Star Wars stuff now that uh, you and I are married. Um, but um, yeah, I, you know, I, I am somebody who vaguely remembers the uh, original Star Wars stuff. Um, yeah, it wasn't my jam. So I've watched a lot of Star Wars now. Um, and this show um, truly, in, in my opinion, as not a Star Wars person, it does not, this does not feel like a Star Wars show. It, like, in fact, it's, it's kind of like if I didn't know it was Star Wars, I wouldn't even think it was related to Star Wars, Ex- with exceptions of few things when you see, like, you know, certain parts of it, you know, or certain people, you're like, oh, this is Star Wars. But, like, it does not, it, it gives you, like, um, this is like drama that happens on a planet. You know what I mean? Like right. it's like a space type show and there's, you know, a lot that happens on it. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to like put it into words how, you know, it feels to me. It's just, it's just a good drama. That's all I can say. It's a good drama. It's a, you know, again, you already said it's well written. It's well, it's well acted. Like I really love when I can watch something and I just feel like, I'm there with you. Like I'm in there with you. I, you know, I, I believe you. Like I believe this is like really happening. When you can watch a show and you feel like, okay, you know, this is a show, but you feel like it's real. Like this could really be happening somewhere. Um, that's when, to me, that's when you know, like, okay, this is just really good acting. This is really good. Um, you know, really good writing here, and. Um, yeah, like you said, it was just well produced, you know, being that they were actually like on location, it feels, you know, as if you are really there, like they're really, they are really there. So I think, um, yeah, it's definitely a good show to watch if you are not like a big Star Wars fan, but you want to just watch a good, like dramatic show. And yeah, I think it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a spy show. It's like, it's so yeah. many different kinds of shows in one. I don't want right. to say what the other aspects of it are because that might spoil it for you because you know different as the show progresses in the first season there's different episodes and things that happen where oh like this is this kind of episode and that's what this kind of episode right. is. but uh, at its heart it is it is a show about it's kind of like a spy show mm-hmm. with spy craft involved it's right. a show about um you know like i said the the rebellion and just planting the seeds and like how how can we get the resources? How do we get the people? How do we strike a blow against this, you know, fascist empire? What what do we need to do? What's the groundwork? So it's all mm-hmm. about the groundwork that that leads up to the great moment where uh, Luke Skywalker 
know, flies the X-Wing into the Death Star and right. fires the, the shot that blows up the Death Star in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. So how do we get to that point? Well, right. we got a bunch of people on the ground who right. don't get the glory right. doing all this stuff in the shadows, in the back alleys. We're yeah. doing the dirty work that needs to get done. The, so the we can get to the point. people, if you will. It's, it's kind of like in, in football, in a, in a sense, where you have like the offensive line. And they're the yeah. ones doing all the blocking. And they're doing the grunt work yeah. in the trenches that allows the quarterback the time to throw the 70-yard touchdown pass <laughs> to the receiver. Right. And everyone celebrates. And yeah, well, they, they wouldn't have gotten to that touchdown pass if it weren't for the guys up front right. doing all the blocking that, that don't get the, mm-hmm. the glory for it. But what they did was just as important as the person who threw the touchdown pass or caught the touchdown pass. So that's right. that's pretty much what's going on with Andor. Mm-hmm. And I that's our, our number two show. And yeah, we think you should guys check it out if you haven't already. Yes. All right. All right. So are we ready? We're ready for number one. For number one. The number one show of 2022. And we mentioned it a Girl couple Mom. of times before uh-huh. earlier. Yes. And also for me, it's a show that I feel like more people should watch mm-hmm. because I love it that much. Mm-hmm. It's Severance. Severance. Severance is about a, a biotechnology corporation called Lumen Industries. And Lumen Industry uses some mind-wipe medical procedure called severance to separate the consciousness of their employees between their lives at work and outside of it. And one severed employee, uh, Mark, who is played by Adam Scott, uncovers a web of conspiracy involving Lumen and the severance program. Now, this is sort of like a high-concept show. It's it's really hard to explain it, but essentially... the severance program is like this. There's a bunch of employees who work at this company. And once you, and, and, and in, this, in these particular departments, the special departments at this company, when you go into that apartment, you go into the elevator, your mind switches. So basically the, the procedure is there's a certain chip into your brain that splits your head into two different consciousness. Mm-hmm. So essentially you go into the elevator to go up to your work floor and the, the switch switches on where now that person there who is working you, all you know is working there. Like you don't have any consciousness or knowledge of your outside work life. Or your Audi. But, or as, as they as as say, your Audi. So basically you don't know that you live in a two bedroom apartment, that mm-hmm. you have a wife, that you drive mm-hmm. uh, a Toyota Corolla, right. that you have two kids. You don't know any of, that, don't stuff. Know any of that stuff. All you know is the work and you're expected to do the work. Right. And then at the end of the day, when you leave, you go down the elevator and you leave the department, the switch turns off and boom, the, the, your original self, your outside self is mm-hmm. back and you leave and go to work and you go home from work and, and enjoy your dinner and life or whatever like that. And so, you don't remember your work. You don't remember the work. So you don't right. remember what you did that day. Yeah. You So basically for you, you you are working, but you never know that you're working. Yeah. The entire time. Yeah. And I mean, that's the best way I can explain yeah. it to people and if you haven't seen it. It's crazy to wrap your head it, around It's that. crazy to wrap your head around that. But think of it like, you know... Essentially, like you go to sleep at night, and and you know you go to sleep, and then you wake up in the morning and you start your day. It's just like you went to sleep, but while you're sleeping, you did work. Yeah. And then when you wake up from your sleep, it's like, wow, that was a good day. You know, work is done, and now you're going home. Like it's it's kind of weird, but it's it's a way for people to kind of like 
work without working. Like you don't have to deal with the tedious of the work. Like someone else, which is your any consciousness, they're the ones who are dealing with work every day. Yeah. Your 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 entire life is basically you when you're outside of the office, you're never in that office to your mind. Yeah. To you. You don't really you're never in that office. You're living your life, you're eating mm-hmm. dinner or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like they've developed a way and I don't know if they explained this on the on the show, but like almost like you've developed a way to create just separate lives to to be stress-free from work while you're at home and to also while you're at work be be stress-free from your work or from your home life yeah you know it's kind of a way you know i'm sure we've all worked with somebody where they they've brought their personal life to work and they're stressed or whatever and and it affects their work so this whole severance program is like a way to kind of alleviate all of that like you're not at work thinking about Oh, you had a fight with your wife or something like that. Or, you know, you're stressed out about money for your kid's soccer, you know, like getting him in soccer or something. And then you're not at home worrying about work because you have yeah. no idea what you do. Right. Work. You have no idea. You, yeah. yeah, so yeah what you work on is like, it's a way for them also to keep whatever you work on like top secret. Yeah. Like, you don't exactly. know. You have no idea what you're working on yeah. at home. But as you as, and your Audi self, your Audi consciousness, like, you 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 don't work anymore. Yeah. Because you don't remember ever working. You are going to dinner with your friends. You're mm-hmm. sitting at home at the apartment. You're watching TV. And then you go to sleep at night. You wake up in the morning. You go into the office. Once you walk into that office, all that just switches off. And yeah. then the second consciousness takes over and they're doing the work. Right. It's and then crazy. they don't know anything that happens outside of that office building. As the Audi, you know you go somewhere every day. You know you go to work every right. day. But, but once you get there. It's not switched until you're in that elevator and you go down and then it switches your mind. And it's like, okay, so then when you come out of that elevator to leave, you're like, oh, I'm leaving work. I don't know what I did all day. Right. But I did something. <laughs> It's so wild. And the, and the whole show is about, you know, these people who are the, the innies, because all they know is work. They start to, like, question what's going on. They're not supposed right. to question anything, but they start to yeah. question, well, why are we, what are we working on? Why are we here? What, what, what are we like on the outside? Mm-hmm. Like, do we have families on the outside? They don't know any of that stuff yeah. because that part of their brain is, like, just switched off. It's right. like basically... Your brain, your brain is split in half, and there's a big giant wall between the two. <laughs> right, and That's you, and they exactly. can't peek over the wall to see what's going on. So crazy. And so the show's about them trying to figure out what's going on, mm-hmm. and it's very well structured, paced show. Yeah. And the set design is great, like the way the office is designed, where mm-hmm. it feels like any corporate office you've ever been in, but also. Not like any corporate office you've been in. Very it's, scaled back. Yeah, <laughs> very it's, it's, minimal. It's very minimal. Very minimal. The, the 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 technology they use is very old. It's old, yeah. And, and it, it's it's it has a very unique like set design and mm-hmm. and tone about it. But it's it's very well done, clever. Mm-hmm. Um, the performances are great. The characters are great, and. You know, as the show progresses, like you start, you root for these characters, like you want them to figure it out. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah. funny because, like, and the performances are good because you feel like the characters are two different people. The in yeah. the innies and the outies is the exact same actor. Yeah, but right. you actually their performances are so good, you actually do feel like they're like different people. Yeah, you feel like that the any Dylan G is different from the Audi Dylan G. Yeah, any Mark is different from the outer Mark. Yeah. Right, and you see Mark more than anybody. As yeah, you see him as, character. as so as you a really character. get to see that difference. But as the show goes on, you see the Audi versions of the other 
people a little bit more and you're and so you see that yeah like the acting is just is good and so good that you feel like it is two different people when it's in fact the same person and uh, yeah i know it's like we, we did our best to explain the concept but i think once you watch the first episode you'll get you'll it. get it and then yeah. like oh okay i understand what the concept is mm-hmm. um it's still something though you still would try to wrap your head around even after you know the concept because you start thinking yeah. about the implications of that like what right you know well, what does it mean when i don't like my brain shuts off and the other half of my brain takes over yeah just for the like, work there's a lot yeah. of stuff to like unpack in mm-hmm. that sense and like I, I, I definitely love this show. Like my letter grade for this show would be like an A plus. It was it, it me, was an A plus. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely the best show of twenty twenty two. And I know you know some people may have tried watching it and weren't into it. Like, mm-hmm. trust me, you gotta stick with it. It's, yeah, it you gotta watch it for four or five episodes. It's like, and that's how I feel generally about TV shows. As an aside, mm-hmm. where a lot of people say, "Well, I, you know, I watched the first episode; it was too slow, or whatever." Yes. And I'm like, "Well, do you read a book and read the only the first chapter and then put it down? Be right. like, I'm not reading this book anymore; it's too slow." I feel like those people don't read. <laughs> it's like no, like it, it's an entire story that's involved. Like this episode, yeah. I think this Severance had nine episodes, I believe, in the first season, maybe eight, but nine episodes. It's like you have to watch all of them to get a feel for the show because the story right. stretches across the first nine episodes. You can't watch the first episode and be like, yeah. eh, this is too slow for me. I'm not going into it. Like basically each episode builds on the previous episode mm-hmm. and then you start to learn more about these characters and you start to learn more about what's actually going on at this, at this Lumen com- company. Yeah. And then other things, you know, other weird wacky things happen where, you know, these new, new characters are introduced and a new plot points and you're still trying to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. and it all ties together like i think this is a show that demands that you watch the entire absolutely entire nine episode season i don't think you could just watch the first couple episodes like uh, it's not for me because trust me the payoff is worth it because once it gets to the end stuff that we take for granted as people human beings just mundane things that are involved in work and life mm-hmm. Take on a take take on an air of like being the most important thing in the world in this show. Mm-hmm. Like the most simple, most mundane things. It's like it's not like one of those shows where you know when you talk about Andor. Like the scale of it is like the rebellion, and there's like trying to save people's lives, and there's explosions, and, right. and people getting killed, and pew pew pew, <laughs> and there's these big stakes. Yeah. The stakes on here are actually quite small, but the way the show is crafted, they feel like the most important, biggest stakes in the world, Mm -hmm. and that's the genius of the show. It's like, Mm -hmm. wow, like, this is, like, really big time. And you get, and it's intense. Like, by the time you get to the last couple episodes... Yeah, it's intense. It's very intense. It's, it's, you're on the edge of your seat, you're like, oh my gosh, 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 this is crazy, this Uh, is crazy. Yeah, you have, you have to see this one through. Um, just, and just as another aside, I, I think everything that we have pretty much talked about in our top 10, with the exception of like probably uh, Stranger Worlds and Abbott Elementary, uh, yeah, um, maybe Righteous Gemstones, um, but everything, oh, Miss Marvel. <laughs> so a lot of the more dramatic shows, Severance and Andor and the Bear, um, House of Dragon even, White Lotus, like they're all, there's kind of slower paced shows. And I feel like a lot of these shows, I can see people kind of like getting in, 
getting into that first episode and being like, I don't really know what's happening here and, and then switching off. And I would just say, if you haven't watched any of these shows that we just talked about um, in the top, like definitely give it more than just one show, like one episode. And I'm, I'm actually really shocked that so many people sit down to watch a show and only give it one episode. I mean, most of these shows are, they're just, they just build up. And that's just, that's just, to me, that's good TV. A lot, a lot of good shows, I think they have to build up. Obviously there are some, there are exceptions where you're just watching something forever and it's like going nowhere. And we definitely have watched some shows that were just like, where is this going? And we keep watching <laughs> for season after season. But like these shows, I think if you listen to us and you've liked what we've recommended in the past, like all of these shows, they're so good. You gotta, you gotta let them, what's the word I'm looking for? Let them breathe. You gotta let them breathe. Yes. You gotta let them, you, you gotta stay the course with them. Exactly. And I think that's what we should all do for 2023. Oh, wow. <laughs> we should give shows a chance. Give shows a chance. Yeah. Give slower paced shows a chance. Give them their time to build up. Mm -hmm. And I say the way you can determine whether or not you should keep watching something, like perhaps give writing a chance. I think we underestimate writing and character development and um, acting. I think we are just so, we want something to happen. Right, right. We're, we're we're too we're too plot yeah. focused as right. viewers. Where if stuff's not happening quickly in the plot, it's like, well, this is boring. Nothing's happening. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that builds yeah. up to it. You know, right? It has to. Because like you said, with the, the book analogy is perfect. The, and the plot the plot doesn't matter if the motivations and the character motivations of the characters and the character development isn't done right. Like, yeah, because the the plot only matters if you care about the people care mm -hmm. about the situation, mm -hmm. care about that kind of stuff. If you don't care about that stuff, the plot doesn't matter. Like, okay, yeah. it doesn't matter that, you know, there's a bomb and <laughs> there's a bomb in the building mm -hmm. and it's going to blow up in 10 seconds. If yeah. you don't care about the any people. of the people in the building. Right, exactly. exactly. You know, like in, yeah. in, in, in the context of a television show, not real life. Right. You know okay. <laughs> but in the context of a television show, like if the characters are in the building, it's like, okay, the bomb's going to blow up in 10 seconds. Okay, but if you don't know anything about the characters or care about how they got to that point mm -hmm. or their motivations or what their you know involvement is with the bomb and what's going on in the overall story, mm -hmm. then that the, the bomb in the bank blowing up in 10 seconds doesn't matter. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I agree with you. Let yes. let them breathe. Like let the shows mm -hmm. grow. Pay attention to the writing. Pay attention to the nuance because a lot of these shows are more nuanced than you think. Yeah. I mean, one thing we like to do is like we kind of like a lot of shows we enjoy. We like to go and read like message boards and different things of yeah. articles about these shows. Yeah. And it really helps us contextualize a lot of stuff that happens because sometimes we miss stuff too. Yeah. And you and you read what other people have said like, oh man, I missed that. Like that was right. deep. You know, like that was like yeah. that explains that. Like there's a lot of nuance to how these things are written, mm -hmm. especially the shows we're talking about. Yeah. And you know, I want to recommend. You know, I, I, I don't think I recommend, you know, crap to people. Like, I understand people have different tastes or whatever. So when yeah. I, you know, I always try to say with a caveat mm -hmm. why something is good or why I don't like it or and why I think other people might like it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and most of these shows, for the most part, I think most people will be able to get into it yeah. if they just 
give it a chance. It's mm-hmm. not like an acquired taste. Maybe a couple might be acquired taste, but for the most yeah. part, I think these are good shows that I think people should like give a chance. Yeah, everything that I think we have on our list is is the plots are there. <laughs> You'll get to it. You'll get to what's happening. But I think when we talk about shows that we like, we generally like shows that are pretty straightforward. Like we 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 see the direction where they're going. It might take now it might we might watch some stuff that's slower paced, but we typically don't watch like like convoluted stuff. Like right. we don't watch stuff that's hard to follow or just all over the place. Or mm-hmm. I mean, we certainly don't recommend shows that you're just not going to be able to get and understand. Like I'm currently watching His Dark Materials on HBO. I'm on, this is the third season, and I'm not going to recommend that to anybody <laughs> unless you just happen to read those books and you are curious about the show. I I. I can just guess. I've never read the books, but like I can just guess that the books are probably better um, because I'm a little lost in the show. Um, and this is the third season, and I'm still like, wait, what's happening? Like I know what's happening, but I'm not quite sure. So I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, I like fantasy stuff. If you like fantasy stuff and you just want to check out something, by all means. But it's, I wouldn't recommend it because it's kind of, it's right. kind of all over. Exactly. But anyway. Yeah. So. That is that's our top ten list. That's our top ten of twenty twenty two. Some good you, stuff, man. Some good stuff. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Be sure to check out uh, some of these shows for yourself if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. If you have some other shows that you think are the best that you really enjoy, yeah, drop us a line. Let us know. Yeah, or I mean, hit us up for our other shows that we have on our list from eleven to however many this is. <laughs> um, we had a lot of shows that we watched, but um, these were our top ones. But there were a lot. Of, there were still a lot of great shows that we gave like a B grade to. Right. That were really, really good. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That's it. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. We uh, we appreciate it, and yes, you know we hope that you guys have a great and fruitful twenty twenty three. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. That's it. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.